We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Look at that, like, jam. And yesterday we had doctors and teachers and we had the we had the co-chair of the RNC on yesterday, the outgoing co-chair of, of the RNC. I thought for sure he would cancel and uh, today in, in studio, we'll have Patty Lashane for the whole hour next hour, but, you know, she's always on time and early, so she's here already, and she can feel free to chime in. But David Griggs is with us, president and CEO of the Metro Hartford Alliance, who we've really just forged this relationship in the last couple months, and, you know, I'm a huge cheerleader for Hartford, and on, on Friday, you know, we, we're trying to do more in the get out more you know so friday we're doing our darning across connecticut starting in farmington and then at night we're doing a, a meetup at the hartford wolf pack and beforehand we thought it'd be really interesting because we're doing a, actually a we're doing a watch party at the sports book in march for the ncaa tournament so we thought we'd share the love and do something like on pratt and i was really impressed with urban lodge i just think it's a great space and, you know, when I went to the St. John's game with Pat Sullivan, I afterward I was sort of waiting for the Uber prices to go down. So I went on my own just to check it out and had a pint and just watched people. And it was great. And so, first of all, David, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having yeah. me this morning. Was it okay? No, too much traffic getting over here to Farmington? It, it wasn't too bad traffic, <laughs> but we need more traffic. We need, we more, need more traffic. We do. Um, so uh, we first met when you toured me around what was happening at, at Pratchett. And I'll get to Urban Lodge in a second. But is there anything new? Like I, there's a Yukon, the Husky Bar is supposed to be coming online. There's a, I know at least one new restaurant that's close give us an update on pratt sure so we have uh maybe maybe one storefront left open uh but we have a few people that are interested in that so we're hopeful that we'll have 100 percent leased uh so we're excited to have husky's bar come in i think it's a just a perfect addition uh and a perfect spot for for that uh we've got a variety of entertainment dining options now that we didn't have before so even though there are a number of establishments that that uh, will serve alcohol, not one of them is identical, right? So yeah. you're, you're not going to have uh, a copy and paste go right down the street. It's a, a variety of different uh, places to visit. What's the one with the game room in the back? What's that? Hartford one Flavor, right? And so when Har- is that? When is that going to open? We <laughs> that we're hopeful that that one will hope open uh, before the tournament, but um, or at least before the tournament's over, right? Uh, but we're not sure. And what about the Puerto Rican place? Puerto Rican place, uh, we're definitely looking forward to that opening. Uh, that's going to be a little bit later on into okay. the summer. And the Speakeasy's doing okay on Trumbull? Speakeasy is doing fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, again, a, just a different uh, theme, a different idea, um, and it's it's doing really well. That's it. Of course, in the back, you go through the soda shop on Trumbull to go in the back. You, did you know that? Have you gone yet? I haven't gone yet, but I know people do, and they love it. It's just really cool. So anyway, uh, you're basically everyone who wants to meet us at Urban Lodge. I, th- I got to pick up my son from school and do a couple things, but we're going to get there at 5, 530. Uh, you were gracious enough to sort of 
uh, put on the table some appetizers and stuff for us at Urban Lodge. So I just want to thank you and the Metro Hartford Alliance for, for doing that. We're, we're happy to. Uh, part of part of the Metro Hartford Alliance is the Hartford Chamber of Commerce. So this is a gift from the Hartford Chamber of Commerce to make sure that the visitors that we're bringing into the city or even our residents are having a great time in downtown Hartford. Yeah, I mean, Pratt Street, I mean, have, I mean, you guys have taken over Pratt Street. I think one of your clients on, on the on the PR side, there was a big bike giveaway with one of your, the firms. Oh, yeah, they, that Johnson was on, Bernetti, I yeah, think. I thought that was on Pratt Street yeah. or what have you. You know, and for me, the key is it's not on game day. It's on non-game day. And yeah. how is f- average foot traffic going? I know it's much quieter, but I mean... Is it feeling more sustainable? It, it absolutely is. I was uh, at, down at Urban Lodge last night. Sorry. Can't go there too many days in a row, there, David. <laughs> uh, and, you know, there's there were it was a non-game night, right? But it was it was very busy. And the I think the key is um, that I also maybe made a stop over at Vaughn's and maybe made a stop over at... Well, I know this. He's being, he's being political. He's the he, neighborhood he, mayor. He has to share the love. That's what he... <laughs> if he says too much about Urban Lodge, it doesn't mention Vaughn's, he gets uh, in a little trouble. trouble. Well, th- but Let's what's be it, honest. <laughs> and and what, what is, I think, the, the takeaway for me was that they were all busy, right? It, so we're not cannibalizing uh, a limited mm-hmm. amount of, tra- of foot, foot traffic. We actually are seeing more people coming down, right? So the folks that are in our office buildings today um, are coming out to find Pratt Street, are coming out to find these these new establishments. So, it, you know, it is doing exactly what it should do, but it's up to us, right? It's up to us as a community to support these new entrepreneurs. Yes. Right? We have uh, close to 75 new restaurants and retail establishments that will be opening in the city of Hartford. Um, some of them have opened. We've got a lot more that are still yet to open. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's up to us as a community to support all these entrepreneurs. A hundred percent. I mean, that's yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say, have you ever thought of doing a scavenger hunt for we, families? We, well, it would be a blast. She, by the way, if you want to have somebody like on the board, she's got the best <laughs> ideas on the world. So, so we actually have done scavenger have hunts. You? Yes, for uh, interns for our our employers when they bring in a new set of interns. Yeah. We want them to feel like this city is their city yeah. and to get out and to really understand who we are, what we have, and, and some of the, the nifty little things that you might walk by every mm-hmm. day and not realize is a, a, a very historical piece of, of Hartford's history. So, yeah. yeah, we do that. And thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> um, happy to do more of them. Where do you, Patty, so you're by the Capitol. Yep. If you have a client lunch or something, what's your go-to? Like Max's? Um, no. Like, I like Salute. We go to Agave. We go to Max's. It, it, you know, usually there's a group of people. What's um, the red? What like the red? What's it called? It's I, I went. I, Eric Crawford and I had lunch there. I can't remember. And a bunch of politicals came in. I can't. Remember. What's the name of the place? Uh, red um, something. I thought oh, was, Red Rock Cafe. Yeah, yeah, Rock yeah, Cafe. That's, yeah that's down near the capital. That's a popular place on that end of town. And the. Old Firebox, Fire by Forge. That's great. I've been poppin'. there. I've been there. Yeah, and it's a cool concept, popular. right? It's like a nonprofit. It, it's yep. an amazing concept, and and uh, you know, congrats to Ben for for pulling it off yet again. It's a fabulous idea. They they use returning uh, people that that may have been incarcerated and giving them skills, and uh, the food there is. Fabulous. Well, and the space yeah. is awesome. Yeah. You know, what I mean, I just like even like sitting on the couch or whatever. It's just like it's a 
It's a great yeah. spot. But to your point, you can talk. People love it's. It's always popular to sort of chide Hartford this and that. But if I mean Hartford's success is good for everybody, and if is. you don't patronize it, then it's on you. I mean, I, I just you know my biggest annoyance is I, and, and the street parking during the day is fine. It's like two bucks or three bucks. But you, you, we need to create as many incentives for people to go as humanly possible. You know, and I think that that's your job, basically, is what you do. Parking always annoys me. You know, even back to the late 90s <laughs> when we would we would pile like seven guys into a car because none of us had any money and we had to pay 10 bucks to park on a, like a regular Thursday. But that's my only my only major thing. But uh, anything else you want to bring to people's attention? Because I focus on Pratt Street, but you got the whole you got the whole greater you know area to deal we, with. We do. And um, we were very fortunate yesterday. We had the Lord Mayor of London in for a visit uh, supporting a lot of the work that we're doing. Does he just go around and make speeches and talk? Like, he doesn't have any power, does he? Uh, he Surprisingly, he's got a, a lot of power. Really? really? Yeah, that goes back to the 7th century, right? So they've been um, electing a Lord Mayor in the city of London, uh, you know, for a thousand years, literally, before it's we the, even were thought of. It's not just like a diplomatic, cushy little post? No, he does have a, a quite a bit of So what's the connection control. with London and Hartford? So we signed a deal with the United Kingdom about two years ago to establish a corridor between Hartford and uh, the UK to bring intratech companies from the UK into Hartford. So far, we've had about five of them uh, show up. We've got another 15 that we're working with. And in a month or so, we'll have another 15 in the in the corridor process. So and we're trying to get that direct flight to and and we just had a great meeting yesterday to get a direct flight um probably to Gatwick. Um but could I'll be take to, it. Yep. Uh, I'll take it. and and the business community is is very much for it. We've got tremendous connections. Awesome. Well David thanks for tomorrow night and thanks to the folks at Urban Lodge. We're we're I mean Friday night we're gonna have a great time with at least fifty plus of our of our listener group and we're gonna do many at the yard goats too. So David Griggs President CEO of the Metro Hartford Alliance, and of course, uh, Patty Lashane from Sullivan Lashane will join us next time. Patty Lashane, most people out there, I mean, we have a, a diverse group of listeners, but a lot of people might not know who you are. So who are you? Okay. I have eight grandchildren. I run a company with my husband uh, that does lobbying at the state capitol and around state government and local government. And we do some public relations and strategic communications. And then I just love to play in the community of Hartford. So I'm on a bunch of boards, involved in a lot of organizations and right. stuff. So so my impression of Patty is you sit down and you, t- you tell her what's going on. She's like, you know, you should talk to this person. <laughs> and, you know, this person. I read this study, and I'm going to send you a copy of the study. And then there's this database of names that I think you should know about. I'm going to send that to you, too. And then you, you you make lunch with Patty, and you're gonna come away with you know a, assignment, a, a little homework. bit of a to do list, I would say. <laughs> and you know, I'm I'm pretty curious, and I, I will also say for full disclosure, when I I came back to Connecticut because I was here from uh, '98 to '07, and I was here on on television from full time '02 to '07, and then I was gone until 2019. And I I don't know how we connected, but you know, I I will tell you, you've been so good at a inviting me to stuff which has been because i'm trying to reestablish a brand here in connecticut and 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 part of the reason it's going well is because you and secondly like giving me really good ideas and i don't even know how we. some people call that bossy you know 
No, I I love <laughs> you know I I always go back to like what my first produce, uh, producers at ESPN is like I don't give a crap what you look like just tell me something I don't know and so you you tell me things oh. I don't know and you make me think about things that I hadn't thought about so oh, I, to me that's like so nice it's true though and and you know some people said to me also just to, we'll get the blow smoke section out of the way <laughs> that you one of the most powerful people. And maybe the most powerful woman in the state that people that might not know about. Is that, that true? That would be funny. No. No. Okay. It's not. But I love to put, connect people together. So I'm a connect the dots person. So if I meet someone and I'm like, oh, you would like this person. And to me, it's good people and bad people. That's their good I mean, there people. There are good that, people and bad people. Yeah. yeah. And, and I love it when I can get good people together and kind of let them – you know, do their thing, meet stuff, create new things. So it's fun. It's funny. I want to get to some policy and some people, for, but I will say that I used, to, I used to have a game I'd play, a good guy, bad guy. You just throw somebody out there and you give your instinctive response, whether they're a good guy or a bad guy. Oh. And more often than not, instincts ring true with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, we're talking with Patty Lachey. And also, your mic's on, David. If you want to chime in, you can. David's stuck around for breakfast. You can't not meet Tommy when you come in. He doesn't know it. He's not on social media and he doesn't listen. So, like, he doesn't know that he's, like, a core part of the show. Oh, that's um, funny. Yeah, it's really funny. Um, do you want to start with, I got a list of stuff, and I, I know you do. I have, locally, I have Kevin Kelly, Stephen Harding. I have the, the, the 90 million versus 600 million. I have EVs, Lamont third term. Then national, I have, um, I want to talk about some women's issues. Uh, what are Republicans do in Connecticut? IVF. I have a lot of things we can talk about. I didn't know if I would give wow. you. I gave you a menu. I don't. We have time for an appetizer. Yeah. Is there anyone that you, you want to start with? Can I talk about one that's not on the list? <laughs> okay. When I was young, my grandmother used to make us birthday cakes. So one summer, I stayed at her place for two weeks with my sister, and it was my birthday, and she made me a cake with those little coconut covered cupcakes upside down and took an army guy and painted it white and put an American flag on it because when the first man, Neil Armstrong, walked on the moon. Oh, so the army guy became an astronaut. He did. And so I'm fascinated with space. And this weekend, there's a woman that's been on, assigned to seven different things that's going up on the commercial flight for SpaceX. And she's going to the ISS? She is. And the interesting thing is they had to shoot all these test rockets, and they kept failing, unfortunately. And they finally got one to go a couple weeks ago, and March 1st, they're heading up to space again. So I'm, that's on my bucket list, is go to Kennedy Space Center and see one of the flights go off. So I, I, I covered the last space shuttle launch in 2011. Did you? And, uh, and I actually pitched, in 2011, I pitched a documentary to do documentary on the private sector space race because you had Musk and Bezos. I was at CNBC, oh, guys yeah. that we go nuts for, but Musk wouldn't, I couldn't do it. It would have been a career maker. Musk wouldn't do it because we did a special on divorce, like divorcees of billionaires, and we used his ex-wife prominently, Ooh. and he was pretty mad at us. So the timing wasn't good. And the whole question was, will the private sector fill the void? And it has has then, and some They're contracted to do it I now through a NASA. I almost cried at the launch. It's that. I, I, you usually say, like, what's the big deal? You're, like, two miles away or whatever. Like, it is one of the most incredible experiences 
you yeah. will ever have. Have you been? Have you been to a launch? We, we my family, we've had uh, the opportunity to go down for a launch of SpaceX, and we got oh. to see the the two rock the two uh, boosters come back and land. Well, that's perfectly. It was a. It, it really was. It was amazing. It's an emotional, patriotic experience. Yep. And I think yeah. you, that's, we can, that, we can make that happen. That's a top of the bucket yeah, list thing. That's not that, that hard to do. I tried to get one of my grandsons to go and they weren't interested. They're like, really? yeah. I'm like, come on. Do they want to play space. Xbox or something? Yeah. Like, what's the deal? I don't know. I don't know. I think they like just to hang out with their friends at the lake instead. Well, that doesn't sound that, 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 <laughs> we'll bad, be working on them that bad either. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when we come back, we're going to take a little bit of a break for traffic and weather Really quickly, but I do want to start with some the sessions in play. I want to get to some business, mm-hmm. and I want I want to talk about the legislative session and this really strange dynamic that it seems like fiscally the Republicans are more in line with the Democratic governor than the Democrats at the Capitol. And I want to know how real the tension may or may not be. Uh, we'll put a pin in that. Let you brood on that. Mull it over. Let's go to Mark Christopher in the Brown Panderas and Scott Traffic Center here at eight eighteen. Matthew. I already did the announcer. I already tossed it to him. Mark, are you there? All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Is it Bob or is it me? Matt? All right, listen, let's take a quick look at the forecast here at 819. Today, periods of showers and rain, breezy and mild, 55 to 60. It's kind of spritzing out there. We're just out there with with Tommy. Tomorrow, it's going to get cold. Mixture of sun and clouds, windy, chance for a flurry, 30 to 35. And with that wind, it's going to feel like the 20s. Friday gets is the best day of the next five. Mostly sunny, upper 40s. Then Saturday, maybe some showers, low 50s, partly cloudy, maybe some wet weather, mid to upper 50s on Sunday. All right, we're back here with Patty Lashane from Sullivan and Lashane and, and David Griggs from the Metro Hartford Alliance still still hanging out with us here. And and just honestly, feel free to chime in whenever. Um I'm I'm pretty fascinated. You know, I've I've paid attention now to like two budget cycles, but you've been watching it for a long time. The fiscal guardrails, all this other stuff. Basically the dynamic is there there are some people that things that need say they need money. And I think you total it up. It's like 600. The governor came back with 90. Everyone tells me they'll meet in the middle, but there's going to be some people who don't get what they want. I mean, what's it what's, what's it like on the Capitol right now? Well, I think legislators have been very honest about it from the very beginning. And it's interesting because I don't see it necessarily as Republican-Democrat. I see it as fiscally conservative. Let's 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 take a breath. I think Glenn Fasano had an article that said it's a seven-year itch. You know, let's get through this year. If we can keep the guardrails in place, then we can get on the other side and really have an you know an economy that can be sustainable and not go ebb and flow, ebb and flow all the time. So his point is take your medicine and just wait. Yeah, somewhat. That's what the article said. But it, you know, I think a lot of times it's you know. Things happen and things change, so you have to react to them. But and maybe the 
the guardrails they put in place need to be tweaked. I, I'm not a budget expert, so I kind of feel, you know, odd commenting about it. But, you know, a lot of people are making some comments that, you know, we don't want to do away with them or change or really radically change them. But, you know, we really didn't take into consideration COVID. We didn't take into consideration some of the things that happened. I personally kind of chuckle when I hear different organizations coming up and saying, well, you cut my budget, when in reality, no, the federal government gave you a windfall right. to help you get And now you want to keep those levels. And now that's your level. And, and not to criticize anybody, but it's like, you know, you work and someone gives you a bonus and then you decide that's going to be your annual compensation. It, does, it wasn't designed that way. So I think there's some of that at the Capitol. But then there's some things, and, you know, full disclosure, our firm works with the Connecticut Coalition for Homelessness. For years, there's no budget for warming centers. So what happens is the first cold day, everybody panics, tries to scurry around and find some funding. Right. So it makes sense that they put a line item in there as kind of a holding pattern. And if warming centers don't open up, it turns into you know, part of the surplus. But so there are certain things that need to get done and certain things, you know, that change that you want to reflect what's happening in the state or even in neighboring states. So what do you think is going to happen? Because I was always like, and I don't, I'm not a budget person either. I'm a completely linear thinker when it comes to financials. But I was like, why don't you play with the volatility cap? Because that's all extra money that goes towards the rainy day fund or the pension. Mm -hmm. It's like, if you had extra money there, you can play with that. Like you could, but I was told I was wrong. Um, <laughs> so I moved on because the person I think claimed that, I mean, they had more credibility than me, but I mean, where will we end up? I mean, this education ask is pretty big mm. and you know, <laughs> David's like, I'm not talking. <laughs> I am not talking. I mean, they're not going to get everything they want. No, and no one ever does to be honest in the years of experience. It's like, you know, you never want to be cutting it in the middle. You always want to get a little bit more than what, you know, you what someone wanted to start you out at. But I think it's also incremental because I I, I have faith in the economy. I think we're going to, you know, start climbing in a in kind of an organic way. And that's when people can you can start, you know, it's the second year of a budget. You know, fix some of the things now that really need it and then Next year, when you're looking at it, go towards a kind of a focus instead of one year focus on red jelly beans and the next year focus on blue jelly beans and the next year focus on green. It's like, what is the pieces of the puzzle that make Connecticut worth are, are the red cherry or cinnamon? Because it makes a difference. Oh, oh, I was thinking more watermelon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Okay. Summer's coming. Patty Lashane from Sullivan and Slane, uh, David Griggs, uh, president of the Metro Hartford Alliance here on Brian and Company. We only have a minute before we have to take another break. I, this whole electric vehicle thing, you know, in, in some ways, you know, and then Apple just announced they're, they're not going to try to build a vehicle. Mm -hmm. And clearly the time, if it's ever going to be, isn't quite there yet. Do you think now that they might not, not even take it up? Um, I think they want to. I think they. Who's the they? I think. Generally, the leaders know that there is a deadline in the state statute that says we have to get to a certain point for air admissions. And my little knowledge that I know is Connecticut isn't the best place um, on geographically to 
we collect more air from other people than we produce ourselves. Mm. So the transportation sector really is a problem. You can't do EVs in large commercial tractor trailers because their loads are so heavy, heavy from what yeah. I understand. So I think they have to do something. There is a lot of talk about extending the millstone contract for some non-fossil fuel uh, things. I know there's some other issues of some renewables and green energy that they could they could leverage, but I believe it's 2030 when they have to hit a deadline that was put in statute years ago. I know the Democrats are firmly in control, but I think pushing this through would be negative politically for the party. It, and I think it's hard because how, you know, like every household would have to have a charging station. I mean, I kind of well, chuckle when I see huge parking lots with four charging stations in them. See, the the infrastructure part of it, I, I, I'm less, I'm, I'm more constructive on that because you'd have till 2030, you'd have 11 years to build it out. I, I think that that can be done. To me, it's more about I do think the infrastructure could be built out. To me, more it's more about affordability and forcing people to to adopt to it, instead of like I believe market forces are good. You know, I think they yeah. they, they tend to work. So I the, I don't buy the infrastructure argument as much because I think that people work good at we we can scramble if we got to scramble. Yeah. And and banning someone from owning a certain they're not banning car. from owning. They're banning them from buying a new one. Yeah. Th- that's the messaging. That's, well, you gotta be clear about that. Them, so. You get a problem with you can't register your car in Connecticut after a certain date. What do you mean you can't register a new one if you bought it out of state? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it doesn't mean you can't drive them and so on and so forth. I, I just think it's it's a toxic issue mm. for Democrats because I think the I think people- it's a tough one. I, I think it's a tough issue. I think you know again you have to do something. Oh, I, you I don't know. know you I, keep, yeah, I can't tell I, when you sh- you're shaking your head as if like, yes, I agree. Yes, I don't know if you want to say it, something. It, I'm I'm great for the radio with that, aren't I? Um, no, I you know as I look at and and you know I'm listening to to the conversation about you know is it is it caustic? Is it this? Is it that? You know, I from from my viewpoint, and I try to help Hartford compete on a national or or global stage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes I like to remind people to take a little step back and and look at where we are, though, as a state, that our red and blue actually talk to each other in civil terms, our blue and bluer talk to each other in civil terms. Like, you know, if, if there are political solutions that need to be had, I think Connecticut is actually in a very good place to have sound political solutions be developed because we can talk to each other. Well, we, we have to take a break here. I will say that, you know, I, I wasn't totally constructive on everything. I don't know Kevin very well personally, but the one thing I did like about the Republicans is that my biggest criticism nationally is that when they criticize, they don't offer alternatives. And at least the Republicans in Connecticut have yes. offered alternatives, which I think is really important. And But we'll talk a little bit more about that because I don't think you're wrong. I think you're right about it. Um, I think that it would be a little different maybe if the Republicans were closer in numbers. I think there would be more tension. But uh, this transition to Stephen Harding in the Senate is something I want to ask you. We're here with Patty Lachane from Sullivan and Lachane. It's just, and we get we should do this like once a quarter because um, I just I like having you in here. It's been fun. I'm in. It um, is fun. So Kevin Kelly's out, and Stephen Harding's in. And I know it's a lot of palace intrigue, but it seems a lot of it hinged on this gentleman I don't know, John Healy, because Kevin got rid of him, and then everyone's like, what are you doing? You're out, and he's back. And I mean, I can't ask Stephen Harding about that because 
but that clearly seems to be the subtext well, of what happened. I wasn't a fly on the wall, so I don't know. But I think, you know, caucuses are interesting because they also react to what's going on around them. And I think, you know, if you are a Republican in Connecticut and you're listening to the Trump message and you don't agree with them, you're kind of caught yeah, in what do between. You do? What do you, as one of my in, list of questions, yeah. what do you do as a Republican in Connecticut? Yeah, and, I, and my perception is that, you know, Connecticut in uh, David Griggs had the best point is people move from conservative, fiscally conservative to socially progressive to libertarian all the time in Connecticut. And it's kind of like you have to have a label because that's how elections are run. But in reality, you see legislators all the time having different opinions on a social issue versus what they do on a legislative issue. And I've said this to a bunch of people that the legislators that are sitting there now really are looking at what the information you're giving them is and how it relates to the people that elect them. And they're very curious to learn both sides of an issue. So they're more open-minded than we view it nationally. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, the, the four senior leaders at the Capitol work really well together. They, they've got a cadence. They, they, you know, are respectful of each other. The House and the Senate runs very respectfully. You don't see a lot of the nonsense that goes down in Washington. They know it's go time a week before the session ends, and they got to get it done. And everyone kind of works together to get Has it, it always, done. Was that the case even when the majority wasn't so dominant? I think it has. There's certain political issues that are going to be political issues and— you know, again, I'm never a fly on the wall, but, you know, I imagine it's kind of, you know, whoever the speaker is at the time goes over to the Republican leader in the House and goes like, hey, sorry, we're running the bill. We got the votes. Talk all you want. That's God what, bless that's you. Well, let me ask you this. I mean, I believe government needs to be – we only have like a minute here. We can take another break. I believe in competitive government. Like, I think that mm-hmm. it would be healthy for politics in Connecticut if there were more Republicans represented at the Capitol. Um, how how – how does that happen? How, how does that is that possible in the next well, election cycle? I think the voter base in Connecticut is independent. Mostly. Yeah. And so, you know, the structure where you have to run through your town committee to get the nomination kind of takes away the fact that most of the people in Connecticut don't affiliate with. Right. One but that's a political answer to be like, do you see the Republican Party getting more traction? Because right now they they don't have a lot of. I mean, 2017 happened because there was competitive government, right? Right. The budget guardrails happened because the Republicans were stronger. Right. Well, I think in the House it's much different because in in Connecticut's House of Representatives, there's a fairly robust moderate caucus that really kind of splits the Democratic caucus in such a way you have very progressive members of the caucus – that want to change some of the guardrails that are out there. But then you have another group of legislators that aren't willing to take big changes to it and want to see those guardrails kind of go through the end of the budget year. In the Senate, it's a little different. You're right, because there's it's like two-thirds, one-third. Right. But the House has to work with the two-thirds, one-third Senate, so that mitigates a lot of things, too. So I don't... I don't know. I didn't. I haven't seen in the last year or so that the Democrats get everything they want. Okay. I mean, I think there is issue by issue um, 
person by person. It's not the same people that are always voting for the same thing in the Democratic Party. You'll see people that, you know, sitting in the gallery, you go up and you'll watch a vote and you go like, that's an interesting vote. Because it is, they go home to their constituents every night for the most most often. So, you know, we always call it the mother-in-law theory. They, you know, they talk to their mother-in-law. They're in the CVS store on Saturday morning right. getting their prescriptions and they're listening to what people are talking to them versus legislators that fly in from, you know, the, the wayward parts of Texas right. and sit in, you know, the state capitol for three weeks at a row. Right, right. You know, that's actually a good transition, Patty, because I wanted to talk about you're a huge advocate for women, you know, in general, but women in politics and in your line of work. And I was at the University of uh, St. Joseph on Friday. I think it was Friday. Thursday. Thursday. And we, I did a moderated a panel and they showed a documentary about uh, EMTs and EMS. And, and Rona Free did a little um, introduction. And that school, I mean, I remember when my wife, then girlfriend, lived on Dover Road. We used to like rollerblade with the dog down to St. Joseph's and let the dog run around, and we'd just rollerblade back. And I, I, all I knew was like nursing school, all women. I didn't know anything. And like, what she's done to make that school so vibrant is really in 2024. It's really unbelievable. It is, and you know, disclosure: I'm a, a member of the board of trustees, so I have a special. Uh, star in my heart for them but it's it, it's just amazing and the co-ed decision was so transformational beyond anything anybody thought would happen you know there was a, a, a rona brought to the board the fact that there had been a um, survey at the end of the sats that said would you apply to these kinds of schools and only two percent of all the women that were taking the sats said they would consider going to an all girls religious Hmm. school pretty restrictive and when rona saw that and being someone who really appreciates data stuff she just brought to the board the idea that we needed to be sustainable and how were we going to do it so when she did it she added a couple of nuances to the decision she started a woman's leadership center there and you deal with that too right? yeah yep. for a couple of years i chaired that and that develops uh three or four programs a year for any woman in the hartford area that wants to get um skill training interactive training some networking um around topics that are you know kind of uh topics of the day and in addition to it, the women's athletic program has increased. I bet you didn't know that the men's basketball guys just won the championship for their conference and are going to the NCAAs, and the women lost in the finals, and they're the number two in their league well, in basketball. I did not know that the, the women were doing equally as well, but what I did want to say, and I want to move on to something else, is that sports, you go co-ed and, and, and you put sports in there, just knowing kids, I have kids in high school, and I know high school kids, if you say – you can play college baseball, yeah. you're going to get people to apply because there's tons of people who put so much of their life into baseball who might not have an opportunity to play somewhere who want to play. Yeah. And I drove down, I forget what street it is, and I saw both baseball and lacrosse at like 530 scrambling yeah. to get their equipment put away before it got dark or whatever. And like it's an energy level there yeah. that I'm sure elevates it. And I think it was just really uh, just a smart play across the board. We're talking with Patty Lashane from Sullivan and Lashane, and you talked about the leadership stuff. And you, you know, and my wife is a very strong woman who's had an incredibly successful career, and she believes in 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 that. 
how are women doing in politics? How are women doing in Connecticut, like from your perspective? Well, you know, there's not enough women. There's about a third, I think, in the Connecticut legislature. Mayors tend to, it seems to be more uh, women get elected. Yep. As I'm in, in the mayor, which really is somewhat of a harder job because that's 24-7 every day of right. your term. Right. Um, but I think there's also initiatives. Uh, Yale School uh, Campaign School is out there. They have a national uh, footprint now. But they do real serious training for candidates and how to run a campaign, both federal and state and even local. And then the Democrats have something called a merge where they're looking for candidates and they take interested people, put them through like a boot camp and get them ready to run. And you've seen more women come through those two programs come to the state legislature, but there's not enough. But running for public office is hard. Mm -hmm. You put yourself out there, you put your family out there. You know, women tend to be the the more caretakers of stuff, you have to like ignore your kids' events while you're at the Capitol waiting for the session to start. Um, I think it's hard for everybody, but I think traditionally it's harder for women to run. And they also sometimes, um, this is me speaking personally, you just don't want to put up with all the stuff that goes on with politics and you want to do something good. So you may end up at the Board of Education. You may end up in your town um, so it's a cult, like a culture element that is a deterrent. I think so, a little bit. I think so. You know, it's like it's a tough and tumble kind of place, and it's you know, uh, you know, it's enjoyable because Connecticut is still a relationship type uh, of a of a elected audience. The process still earlier. matters. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But have um, you seen a change? Like, I mean, this is something that's a lifelong thing for you. Has it? Uh, the young women of 2024 is there a different sense of um empowerment than there was 20 years ago or when you started Hmm, that's a good question (laughs) you know it's it's kind of like as women are more educated you know as they you know come through four years of college graduate school and things like that i think they have great technical skills but uh, like, for example, USJ just did a program with the State Medical Society for young women physicians because they have great technical clinical skills. But for them to go into a leadership position in healthcare, they're missing the financial pieces. They're missing the maybe the team leadership or building teams and building cultures and human resources and stuff. That's and like leadership training too. Like, right, yeah. right. So I think some of that, um, you see more and more different organizations that are, are um, focusing on that. Um, I don't know. I think work-life balance is, you know, a important thing for women. So sometimes it's like I'm not going to get on a plane and travel every yeah. week. Yeah. Listen, um, my wife, I think, could have been ahead of school, and she decided not to because yeah. she didn't want to. She loved teaching. And she wanted to make sure she could be there for her family uh you know I, we had i have more stuff on my list is there anything we got we have only like 35 seconds is <gasps> oh there anything goodness. else on your list that you want to make sure we touch on because i mean uh, we'll have to you got to come back because ah, i don't I, even know if I'm we checked in. off anything on your list <laughs> we did we got one or two things i snuck in there that you didn't know about um i don't know i think on my list we talked about the 
uh, uh, women of the CIA. That was interesting. Yeah, well, we didn't um, talk about that enough yeah, because we talked about most we of that off the air. That. But well, the some of the foundational members of the CIA are women, and it's a book. Who wrote the book? Yeah, uh, someone by the name of Holt, H-O-L-T. Check it out. Yeah. Um, I'm grateful for your time. And will you come back maybe later in the spring? Absolutely. All It'll right. be fun. It's always fun. Thank you. And we have lunch, of course, at, at Keeney, Keeney Park. We'll do that, too. Uh, it is 9 o'clock. Patty Lashane from Sullivan and Lashane, thank you so much. You're welcome. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.